conclude our parenting seminar uh, by looking at the principle of mercy. So let's go before the Lord and ask His mercy to be upon us, His grace to be upon us as we uh, talk about why we need His mercy. Heavenly Father, we come to You uh, asking for You to be at work in us, Lord. Asking for You to remind us of Your love each and every day so that we might be mercy givers to our children. We plead for You to transform us. We plead for You to work in our hearts by the work of Your Spirit, by the grace of Christ, and for the glory of the Father. And we pray all this in Christ's holy and wonderful name. Amen. So our principle tonight is about mercy. No parent gives mercy better than the one who is convinced that they desperately need it themselves. No parent gives mercy better than the one who is convinced that they desperately need it themselves. So I want you to think about how you would define the word mercy. Paul David Tripp describes it this way. Mercy is tenderheartedness and compassion towards someone in need. And if you think about our children, that's exactly what they are. They are needy. They need guidance. They need help. They need wisdom, they need instruction, they need rescue, they need love, compassion, support, and provision. But what they need the most is to see God. And we need to remember that as ambassadors of God for our children, we've talked about this uh, whole idea of being ambassadors for God for our kids. We represent His mercy first, not His judgment first. Uh, Mercy... Uh, is mankind's greatest need, whether they realize it or not. So what might be some bad or incorrect ways that mercy might be shown or represented? Well, mercy is not lowering your standards. It's not acting like bad behavior is okay. It's not uh, wishy-washy. It's not giving control to your children. And it's not throwing discipline to the curb. It's parenting with a tender heart. And we're to be what what Paul David Tripp describes as uh, being first responders in mercy to our children. I love that, that imagery, being a first responder in mercy to our children. See, first responders must act with compassion and care. They're not bystanders. They're not bystanders. They're there to help, to heal. They're there to protect. And they run towards difficulty and not away from it. So we're to be responding in mercy to our children. And I want to look at just a couple ways that we can do that tonight. And the first one is this. We need to be committed to looking for opportunities for mercy. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. It says this, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are, 
yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. So how does the writer of Hebrews encourage us in regards to mercy? Well, I think as the writer seeks to find mercy in every time of need, he does so because of confidence. And that confidence is in the Lord who shows mercy. See, God is always looking for opportunities to show mercy. That's the business that He's in. We can find mercy in Jesus in our mess because He has faced every temptation and knows our plight. And He loves to show us His mercy in the midst of that. So, as we're parenting, sometimes we forget about God's mercy. We, 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 we know the standard and we want to uphold the standard, but we forget about the, the reason for that standard and the, the application of that standard. Uh, sometimes we forget that the law is basked in mercy. If we're looking for the law to change our children, what are we missing? The law exposes need in our children, but it can't change them. Only the mercy of God can. See, we're to provide the law while also providing compassion and tenderness, acceptance, wisdom, instruction, and love. Uh, Mercy is less about righting wrongs than it is uh, about showing the great need that we have because of our wrongs. It's more about moving towards uh, wrong, not to condemn, uh, but, but rather to restore, to forgive, and to help. And just as, as we can with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may, might receive mercy and find grace and help uh, in our time of need, We can also draw near to our children to help them and to show them mercy in their greatest times of need. So let us always be looking for those opportunities to do that. We're also, uh, we have a great need to to be committed to the process of showing mercy. We did a whole whole seminar just on, on the process portion of parenting and why viewing parenting as a process is so important for us. Let's turn to Psalm 23, verses 1 to 6. This is David's famous shepherd psalm. It says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me by still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. For his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So as we read this psalm, what does David tell us about how God uses mercy as a lifelong process? 
Well, he tell us here, tells us here that goodness and mercy shall follow him all the days of his life. And he highlights this by showing us the picture of God as our shepherd. How does the model of a shepherd highlight how we are to commit ourselves to the lifelong effort of mercy? Well, if you think about the job of a shepherd, a shepherd has to. A shepherd can't just take a day off and leave the sheep to tend to themselves. A shepherd's job is one of consistency. And yes, a shepherd can hire another shepherd to watch his sheep so that he can go do other things. But a shepherd just can't leave his sheep unattended. And we need to remind ourselves that consistency is key. Just as a shepherd can't check out, we can't check out as well. And I do want to say this. There's a lot to be said about getting away as a couple. To spend time together without the children is hugely important. In fact, I encourage you to do that. Find that time to be able to do that. But this is a parenting seminar, not a marriage one. We'll, we'll do one of those later, okay? Uh, we can't just check out, right? We can't just disappear whenever we want to. And we won't be able to have these, uh, these deep heart conversations with our kids and have them just immediately get it as well. Okay? We have to be able to commit ourselves to those continued conversations. Those moments where we're telling them something for the 100th time. Are we doing it with mercy the 100th time as we were with the first? I would venture to say most of us probably aren't. <laughs> But we, we can't expect them to just get it. We have to lean into that process. And actually, we, we can find great joy in those teaching moments, right? We need to pray that God would give them a heart that we can never give them. So we need to be committed to the process. But and we, We've talked about this quite a bit as well. We need to be committed to knowing our limits. Let's turn to Psalm 28. We're going to look at verses 6 to 7. When it says this, Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts, and I am helped. And I am helped. My heart exalts, and with my song I give thanks to him. What does David want us to, to do in those moments of great limitation and weakness? Well, he wants us to recognize that. Our help comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from ourselves. Notice that he doesn't say, <clears throat> in my heart I trust myself. Uh, with myself, I, I, am, I help myself. Uh, I sing a song for myself. No, he, he does all these things to God. He trusts in God. He's, he reaches out to Him. We need to resist the temptation to try and push our own limits. Parenting by faith means that we rest in God's promise every day for our own sanity, provision, growth, and care. God is never going to ask us to do anything more than be a tool in His hands. So we are freed from the burden of doing the hardest part of the work. That's on Him. This is something that we have to have hammered home quite a bit in our hearts. And this is something that we've hammered home quite a bit in this seminar, is that we can't do it on our own. We need Him. 
Paul David Tripp says, we aren't, are simply called to expose what is bad, point to what is good, and talk about the Redeemer who can lead them from one to the other. So it's this great balance of speaking truth and love to our children, showing them their sin, loving them with mercy, and pointing them to Jesus every step of the way. We also need to commit to resting in the presence of God. We talked a little bit about this last week, uh, looking at Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what does resting in the presence of God do for us? It allows us to settle down and be content. For most of us, worry comes more natural than resting does. So we should make it a part of our daily routine to remind ourselves of the truth that we need to find rest in God. What this does is it helps us parent with a heart with hope. Not necessarily because things are going easy or well, but, but because God is with us as we go. We also need to commit to rooting our parenting in Scripture. Second uh, Timothy three, ten to sixteen says this: "You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them all the Lord rescued me." Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned, and I firmly believe, knowing from whom you have learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God might, may be complete, equipped for every good work. Why is it so important that we start our parenting with the Scriptures? Because there is nothing more foundational for us than the Scriptures. Our job is not to make little miniature versions of ourselves, but rather uh, we are forming the image of God into our children through the grace of the Holy Spirit, of which the Scriptures are the primary tool for us to do so. So we need to commit ourselves to the Scriptures so that we can take them to that. In the Scriptures, they'll know who God is. They'll know who they are and why they need His mercy. In the Scriptures, they learn the dangers of sin and the hope that they have in the mercy of Christ. As a youth minister, I I plead with you, okay? Please do not let Sunday mornings or children's ministries or youth groups, be the primary teaching agents for your children. Yes, let them be taught by and blessed by these things. But please do not let them be the primary shepherds of your family. You are. And that is a great and noble calling that we need to take very seriously. As a youth minister, I do hope that one day, there's no such thing as youth ministers because families are doing that. Uh, that is a, a longing I have. 
Our children need the one thing that is profitable for teaching, for reproof, and for correction and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So we need to show them how to engage with the Scriptures, how to read it, and this comes with uh, effort. Okay, um, This, of course, is going to take time. Uh, so we need to, again, be engaged with that process. We need to be a people of the Word, training little people of the Word. So the whole context of this passage includes Paul's persecution, and Scripture strengthens us in the midst of that. Lastly, we need to commit ourselves to being a people of prayer. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Very short verse, but a very important one. Pray without ceasing. What might be some benefits to basking our parenting in prayer? Well, praying before, during, and after these parenting moments helps keep things in perspective for us. It keeps the Word fresh on our minds. Keeps our mission in the right place. Keeps our minds focused on uh, more and more on Jesus rather than ourselves. I would venture to say that most of us struggle with praying about our parenting in this kind of way, but we can never pray enough for these precious little children. The more we pray, the more we see and can rest in God's strength and not our own. So as we conclude this seminar, uh, this whole seminar has been aimed to seek to keep us centered on Christ. And this is the only way that we can parent well. So my encouragement to you is to be blessed as you go about your calling of mercy to your children. Keep Christ's mercy at the center. Give yourself mercy often. Embrace the challenge because we serve a glorious Father who knows our children better than we can ever dream of knowing them. And the beautiful thing is that He knows us too. And He's equipped us for this very task. And as we've said so many times over the past 12 weeks, He's with us every step of the way. That's a promise that He's made. Hold fast to that promise. Let's spend one last time discussing this uh, this principle, talking about mercy, and, and as we do that, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we come to you again just asking uh, for your grace and mercy to be uh, so evident in our lives that it, it overflows into the lives of our children. Be with us as we parent. Help us to love our children in the same way that you love them. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.